Hey, hey, Freedom Fighters. Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Listen, guys, I'm so excited. I know a lot of you guys have been requesting for me to bring her back on. I have literally dragged her on board for this episode, and I'm so excited. Welcome back to my lovely wife, Cheyenne Nicole Foster. What's going on, babe? Hey, Freedom Fighters. (laughs) All right. Hey, I know you guys have been asking for her, and literally her episode is the most listened to on this show. So I am trying to bring her back into more. And so conveniently, we're going to talk about how to get your spouse on board with real estate investing. (laughs) So what, what do you think about that, babe? Good topic? Yeah? I think this is an incredibly important topic. Oh, Mike and I recently attended one of the Credo Marriage Enhancement Retreats. Uh, Credo stands for Chaplains Religious Enrichment Develop Op- Development Operation. Um, so obviously we're both Navy. I don't know if it's called something else for any of the other branches, but I do know that they're offered through for every branch of the military. They are free marriage retreats, enhancement retreats uh, that you go on. Um, But great resources, great advice. But something that really caught my eye that I did not know before, um, before attending this retreat, they pointed out that one of the most common reasons or contributors to strife in marriage and divorce are financial troubles. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is that when you get into financial discussions, when you aren't on the same page, you encounter a lot of the same feelings that you would if there was an affair. And that is incredibly powerful to understand that money has such a strong impact on your marriage. And so I think being on board, being on the same page, even if you aren't making all of the decisions, but at least if you're informed and have some sort of set, you know, these are the type of things that we're willing to invest in. These are our no-go criteria, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But that way, when you have those amazing highs, your wins, then you'll both be able to celebrate them together. And then when you do have those losses, you'll be able to uplift each other and bring yourselves through that hardship until you get to the next high. Because with anything in life, there will be ups and downs, there will be learning curves, there will be mistakes made. And if you aren't on the same page, if you aren't supportive of each other, if you don't understand everything that's going on, then you won't be able to build each other back up. And it won't feel like whoever is the decision maker in the relationship as uh, far as 
finances, to them it won't feel like the burden is on their shoulders and that they've made all of these mistakes because you are going into this together um, strong. Absolutely. That is a super huge uh, part. And I honestly, you know, um, it's definitely something that, you know, you got to think about if you are that decision maker, right? If you are the one that's more gung-ho in this whole financial freedom, you know, let's think about our future type of thing because, right, that, that weight does get heavy sometimes. And honestly, I think that's the reason why I try and stress a lot about your mindset when it comes to investing in general. Because the the worst thing that's going that's going to happen to you is really your head. It's going to happen inside your own head, right? You are your worst enemy. And when you don't have that sounding board to kind of bounce things off of or that partner that's, you know, so tightly knit in this whole adventure with you, you will feel like you are you know, doing things wrong. Maybe you can do something better. Maybe you're letting someone down. Maybe you're not, you know, being as honest and or as open as you want to be or as you need to be sometimes, right? Um, the questions may get asked, hey, why did you spend money for this, right? And you now have to answer that question. And not only do you have to answer it, but you have to legitimize it, right, in the eyes of your partner, right? Whether you're married or, or not, right? I mean, if you guys have um, money that you are using together for, you know, your quote unquote future, every decision that you make is important. So it can't just be one person. It has to be a team. And um, and Cheyenne, it's great. I'm glad you brought up that credo retreat. We, it's now what three weeks since we we did it and. Um, it's absolutely been amazing. I absolutely endorse that retreat to anyone who is, you know, struggling about anything inside their relationship. It doesn't have to be a marriage. You guys can can be engaged. You can be. Oh, am I wrong on so, that? So, so I will make a, a correction to that. Um, I I did talk to a, a lot of the chaplains about this just to make sure. Um, mm. Since obviously we are married, but trying to get this available to my guys you are required to be married um and they will check your page 13 uh your information to verify that you are uh, before they sign you up for these retreats well then never Um, mind but (laughs) for those of you who are married um (laughs) whether you're having problems or not it's always a good kind of checkup you know you don't take your car to the mechanic shop only when something's wrong yeah right <laughs> you True. know um your radiator blows up on you mm. you know you want to take it in every three thousand miles and get your oil changed then mm. there'll be things even if you did premarital counseling things right. that you have forgotten or not implemented in your marriage that you've since realize that maybe can help right um, exactly you know. and if you're not married i mean this is just one of those you know things that the military puts on there are plenty of civilian you know equivalent things that you can go to that you don't necessarily have to be married yeah. to um one was a weekend to remember a uh, trip that we that we did um there was a little weekend retreat that was kind of our like our first little introduction and you know and we we kind of did go there we were working through a lot in our relationship at the time but we were not married um and we quickly realized that these things were amazing and we committed to doing them once a year and we have so far and we have not regretted it so we definitely recommend them 
um, as little you know annual checkups or so to mm-hmm. speak on um, what's going on <clears throat> but yeah. anyway and so I, I don't want you to think <laughs> that we're trying to sell you on this but mm. Yeah. Trying to educate the Navy, or not the Navy, but educate the military on all the benefits that they have to offer you. Yeah. For this one, this is a great retreat. They pay for your hotel and food, and exactly. if it's on a weekday, you can get permission to be off work for it. So Facts. And you can talk about your future, which brings us back to real estate, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's important, guys, just making sure you're on the same page in general. So, that being said, right... Um, You know, obviously it's easier said than done, and there are certain things that you have to do in order to get onto the same page, and that's part of the reason why I wanted Cheyenne to come onto this podcast and kind of explain from her perspective, right, what some of those things kind of felt like um, when when we first started this journey, because, I mean, it did kind of start, you know, from... Myself, I came back from Japan. You guys know the story if you if you heard me on the podcast before, right? I came back from Japan, my first tour. I was, you know, trying to figure out what to do with my life now. I was turning 25 that year and my whole world was changing and I realized that I didn't want to be the man I was 25 years prior, and so I had to do something different. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and it completely changed my life. But then my challenge was, okay, how do I get my fiance on board? Right. Um, And so from there, I kind of just started listening to podcasts, you know, getting educated with certain books. And I started sharing my ideas with her. You know, it was a little bit later in the game, um, uh, admittedly, but it was um, it was definitely before I went and did anything, you know, as far as purchasing a property. So I don't know, babe, did you do you feel like the. The books and the education tools that I kind of shared with you that I was using, was that helpful at all to you? So I'll I'll give you guys a little bit of background on me. Um, Mike didn't have to do a lot of persuading to get me on board, luckily. Sweet. You hear that? It's the first time I'm hearing that. Let's go. (laughs) So one of the um, first books that Mike read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I had actually read this think for the first time when I was in eighth grade, my dad had given the book uh, to me and my brother. And so I was already familiar with these principles. Um, When I was at the academy, we we were given a career, I shouldn't say given, but (laughs) we're able, uh, we're afforded the opportunity to take a career starter loan. So it's a loan that you do have to pay back, but low interest. And I used this loan in conjunction with my brother's career starter loan. And we went in on buying a property with my father. Um, I actually don't even know how much the property was um, that we bought it for. But we went on on the down payment together for it. Um, And my, my dad held the mortgage on it. But... One of those, you know, going in with family um, and just anyway. Um, yeah. So, well, okay. <laughs> uh, that was really my first investment, um, my first experience with real estate, and it was very hands off. I was just the investor. My dad did all of the research, and I trusted him and gave him the funds, and we ended up cashing out. Um, right before me and Mike got married. But 
back at the, <laughs> yeah and then as far as um pu- putting my money towards investments when i was in japan i chose not to invest in tsp because I had the mindset of wanting to put that money into real estate. And I remember having conversations with other people on the ship about this when they would try to get me into TSP. And I have nothing against TSP. It's just personally, that's where I wanted to save my money towards. Um, And I was just building up this saving fund um, and knowing that being overseas... I wasn't comfortable enough just going out and buying something, right? I knew that I wanted to use my VA loan once I got back stateside. But that was more of the fear mindset in myself. And I don't know, Mike (laughs) talks about um, just taking action, right? And we've seen this in our lives just while I was over in Japan and thinking about this, I already had this education, I already had this mindset of this is what I want to do with it, but I had done nothing. I was still in the daydreamer mindset of, yes, this would be awesome in the future, and if Mike had never gotten educated himself and pulled himself into this world, then I don't think I would have, I wouldn't say I would have never jumped into action, but not to this level and not nearly as fast as we did. I would have given myself the excuse that I'm only in Charleston for a year. I don't want to buy a house, which is actually something that I told myself. I ended up not using my VA loan in Charleston Mm. uh, because of that fear mindset. I tried, Um, guys. I tried, but we weren't there yet. (laughs) And so that, that pretty much this all wraps around to mistake number one. Right now we... I guess back when Mike started getting on this uh, financial journey, we had already been dating for six years. Mm. We had already been engaged at that point for a year. I can't recall how many conversations we had about, about finances because they could probably only be maybe one or two. Very fleeting, very superficial conversations about maybe credit or if we had any debts and Mm. even then uh, they were maybe when we had first started dating right about our views about you know credit and we had a we started a a joint travel account i realized i remember that yeah that and that was in japan we did Mm -hmm. it was in japan i think this was after like three years of dating um i'm pretty sure i proposed to you at that point before that point did i i don't know anyway i don't know at some point it's too long now it's been like what eight years now it's been it's been too long i can't remember the the details on it but we did like that was i think our first introduction to joint finances and it was like a it was an account that we created separate of our own individual accounts which we still have but um it was just something we kind of tossed in a little money to every once in a while so that way Whenever we were together, again, we would you know take a trip somewhere and go do something because we've spent a surprisingly 
long time apart from each other. I mean, I think it's just kind of just the nature of the beast. And any dual military couple knows this. Or I mean, you don't even have to be dual military. You know, I, I know that a lot of folks that, that you know one person is serving, they still experience a large time apart. So, so we know that you feel it, but um, but it kind of I think that kind of warmed us up into what later became. Well, what, what was our joint travel account later became our joint investment account. And so now it's kind of like you know, opened this tree to, well, we already have this this fund. Why don't we use it for something? Right. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I, I think that was that was kind of my. I don't know. That was kind of my hope in I, well, I'm surprised and I'm really glad that it didn't take, you know, that much to get you on board cuz sometimes it definitely felt like it did, you know? And I think like a lot of that is just breaking that fear mindset. And and I had it a little bit too. I'm not going to say that I didn't. Um I think I've always been kind of an outgoing gung-ho, hey, let's just do this kind of thing and then, you know, learn from it along the way. And I know that we definitely learned some hard lessons in this journey. So I appreciate you being there with me on it. But um, I do remember listening to Clayton Morris's podcast. Love his podcast. We had him on the show, episode 43. If you guys want to go back there and check it out, um, Clayton Morris is an amazing guy. But not only that, his wife, Natalie Morris, she is also amazing. And, you know, they talk on their podcast all the time. And uh, I think just seeing the synergy between those two kind of inspired me to really bring Cheyenne on board on this journey. And, um, and I tried sharing them you know, with her as much as I could, because I honestly thought that they did the best at it, just explaining everything, you know, all the little stuff or all the big stuff and turning them into little stuff. I felt confident with it, at least semi-confident, you know, to introduce it. And then I started having her listen to it. But I know she remembers me like forcing her to listen to podcasts on long drives or like whatever. Right. I don't know. So I... (laughs) I'm always the bad guy there, you know. It is. No, I I got into the. I'm pretty averse to technology, which <laughs> for our our this is the truth, right, guys. Is... Oh my god, man! <laughs> Just trying to explain an app to this woman is the craziest thing in the world. And you know what's funny? She's younger than me. <laughs> but She's after younger than me. After he showed me this cool app on my iPhone called mm. Podcast that I had never used before and just never. let sit there, yep. um, I started listening to uh, some real estate podcasts on my long drives um, from Charleston to Norfolk. Um, for anybody that, that doesn't know, that's pretty much 12 to 13 hours round trip of just listening to podcasts and ebooks. Um, so. So she did. And <laughs> yeah. we got, you know, honestly, had and a lot of good conversations from it, right? So I think one of my reservations, too, when Mike was first educating himself, um, wh- or I shouldn't say that, when Mike was, I no, think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really yeah. was, yeah. So, um, well, I, don't, I don't know what point in time you're talking about, but, I mean, Rich Dad Poor Dad was my introduction for the first time in real estate, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Um, now, when Mike first started bringing up real estate wow, to me yeah. um, and starting engaging me in those conversations, we also, at the marriage retreat, uh, took the Myers-Briggs test again. And oh, yeah. 
that was very enlightening on how we interact with each other in our marriage. And I would actually suggest uh, that if you are married, that you and your spouse take the test. You can download the app and it'll give you a really good description of how you interact with your significant other depending on what their myers-briggs results are as well and one yeah, thing that right? um michael is a very big dreamer and <laughs> i am yes. very much a thinker who needs oh, to man. have the numbers and the facts and a lot of my reservation came from all right, is this just <laughs> another big dream that yeah. he's, you know, taken with the wind? Uh, I need to have concrete evidence. I like I need to be convinced that this is something that he's serious about, that he is going to continue educating himself about and get himself the base knowledge. Like I said, I had already read Rich Dad Poor Dad once I started listening to some of the Clayton Morris episodes. That definitely um, reinvigorated my uh, fire and my belief um, in you in passive income and building up um, wealth for the family. And I think once we got on board with that, um, and I saw his dedication, we were able to continue having conversations about here's a plan. Here is actually how we get to it, and recognizing that. We were, we have those two different personalities, um, and that we need to speak to yes. each other, absolutely, uh, in the way that we are perceptive the most. Absolutely. And so, if you know, one person's a dreamer and one person's a thinker, you just have to understand how your significant or your spouse is going to receive knowledge the best. Yeah. Um, so if they need all the facts, you know, be prepared to lay that out to them so that they can be on the same page. If they're, you know, more hands-off and just want to know, all right, we bought something, this is what we have left in the account, we got it covered, so be it. But I would encourage you to at least just have those conversations and make sure you guys know what is going on within the household. Right. Absolutely. It's a very important dynamic. And and you know what? And that really is just how our dynamic works. You know, there are I'm sure there are some folks that, you know, both partners are the exact same person. And if that is the case, then you might need to have somebody on the outside, right? A third party that thinks different from you two um, to kind of, you know, fact check you real quick. Right. Or to kind of give you that outside opinion. Um, because when you're investing, you want to make sure that, you know, you're heading in the right direction. And if there's too much of one side in the equation, there's really nothing else to balance it. You know, you, you got to have that, right? Um, cause there will be ups and downs. I'll tell you one of the, um, <laughs> one of the biggest challenges that, uh, that I had in, in real estate, you know, was going into something that I didn't fully understand. And, um, it was kind of a trip that we had to Vegas that, you know, we, we got, went out there with a the plan. We were going to find an investment out there because we knew that the area was blowing up with the announcement of the stadium um, that, that, you know, they were building there for the Raiders. Um, we had, you know, made this trip uh, that was kind of circumstantial. I mean, it really all kind of fell into place around our wedding. And um, we got offered a trip there from Hilton because we are Hilton members um, just because of Navy travel and whatnot. And, um, 
And so we went out there. We were like, okay, cool. This is the perfect opportunity for our first business trip. Let's go out there. Let's find something. Let's do something cool. And while we're out there, we're looking at these properties, and one of them is a piece of land. I don't know how we ended up getting onto the piece of land. I think I, I had a program that I downloaded like a month prior to our trip. And this guy was talking about these like, you know, wholesaling these land deals. And, you know, it just all sounded so cool. And I was doing all this research on it. And I felt like I knew, you know, you know what to say, what to do and whatnot. But it really was outside my wheelhouse. And, um, and that should have been red flag number one. But it wasn't. And I talked to Cheyenne about it. You know, we kind of were on similar of a page. We took a little bit of a risk when we decided to choose that investment, that piece of land over some of the other condos that we looked at. Um, but, you know, the real the realistic thing of it was is that, you know, it was a jump for us, right? We couldn't afford it. Um, we thought that we might be able to bring family or other partners on board. And really, it was a bit of a stretch. I mean, with our busy schedules with my you know, lack of in-depth knowledge and my inability to really explain to people and sell people on the vision because with land, right, it's not just an investment that's going to start turning you cash you know, right away. You got to sell people that vision and say, hey, listen, this piece of land here is really two pieces and it could have been split. They could have built million dollar homes on them, sold them, and we would have made like probably $500,000 know, off each you know, parcel, which would have been crazy, but, but we were getting started and that was probably a little bit too much for us to chew and, uh, definitely bit a bullet on that, lost a thousand dollars on that deal. Um, and that was a thousand dollars of our money, right? That was, uh, that was not an easy lesson at all. Um, that was a thousand dollars of our money, not my money, like both our money. And so, um, you know, you got to think about that, right? And you always have to think about that when you are investing jointly because it's not just you. It is your partner, too. Um, and so you got to be on board. Um, babe, can I ask you, what were some of the challenges that you had in getting on board? Like, what were some of the, some of the stopping points that you felt where, where either I wasn't giving you enough, right? Were there any times where you felt I wasn't giving you enough information or... Um, or is there something else I could have done? Or maybe, you know, even times you saw that I was kind of peeling back, you know, let's peel back this onion, kind of paint a really good picture for our folks. Well, like I said, getting me on board wasn't as big of the issue, which if you are having a problem getting your spouse on board, I would say reading the same books would be a great place to start. Like I said, I had already read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I went and read it again. Um, so I'm more of that. I need the physical book in front of me. I like <laughs> She doesn't do it. digital. Um, she doesn't do anything 21st century, guys. I'm serious about that. <laughs> but Mike works really well with audiobooks, and he can just put it in in the car. It doesn't take as much out of his time of day um, because he can listen to it while he's working on something else. And right. I know we're military. Um, even if your spouse isn't, you know, just the daily demands of life, right? If this is something that you're passionate about and it does feel like a lot asking um, your spouse to get on board. And I know that's something that we've kind of struggled with a little bit, depending on how crazy my schedule is, mm -hmm. um, trying to make sure that we're on the same page with investments that we're looking at or, 
just really educating me on kind of what's going on is that having that time and feeling like if your spouse feels like they're giving up their time that they could be focusing on something else that's equally as important that needs to get done, right? So the most, this is an imp- is important enough that you need to take extra time to make sure it's as easy as possible for them to understand and get on the same page. So if that's writing out lists and numbers and, um, you know, pretty much doing a sales pitch on whatever <laughs> property that you're you're looking at to say, here, you know, this is why this is a good investment. Look at this, this, and this. This is how we can afford it. We'll take it from here, here, and here. All the work's done. I just need a yes or a no. <laughs> I think it may be a little more than a yes and a no, though. I mean, I do, I do hear you, and that I think that sometimes, you know, now because we're on the same page, at least with the direction, I kind of probably come across as like a sales pitch. But yeah, you know, but at the same time, though, I think that you know, there were some times where I was trying to explain a concept to you maybe once or twice, right, and where you were not really so receptive to. Wanting to learn said concept. You want to walk us through some of those emotions, right? Maybe how you felt. No. Late, late night times in bed. Uh, me trying to explain to you. Hey, babe, have you heard this thing called seller financing? This is so cool. Watch. No. All right. How about how about the first deal? Let's talk about that. <laughs> guys, okay. First of all, I am going to touch on this because I know some of you guys are out there and you know the pain, right? When you try and explain something and... It's like, oh, you know, you get the, that body language, right? That it's like, I'm not trying to hear this. I'm trying to go to sleep. Look at her. You got to see this guy. She's like, you know, she's over here, like, giving me that grin. It's like, I'm going to kill you after this thing is done. <laughs> but no, but it's, it's all good, though. Baby, no, seriously, it is all good because she does the same thing to me sometimes, right? Like, for instance, she'll be she'll come in and she'll have the Hallmark channel on and she'll want to watch this lovey, goo-goo, romantic, you know, show. And I'm just sitting there like, really? Do I, am I really watching this? But but at the same time, you know, it's important, right? Because it's a back and forth. It's a relationship and you got to you gotta be able to share things, you know, whatever. And there are some times, too, where I'm like, listen, babe, I ain't got time for it. You know, you do your Hallmark thing. I'm going to be out here on the computer looking at properties, right? I know you know. I know you know what that is. <laughs> guys, she's literally giving me this grin. I'm going to die tonight. <laughs> I'm risking it for you guys. I'm risking it for you guys. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, so this just demonstrates that there are different dynamics in every relationship. And nobody knows you guys better than you do. So Amen. just, um, you know, pick up on the cues. I hope. You know, however long that you have been married or, you know, working uh, together, that you do continue to learn and figure out what works best uh, for the two of you to communicate. Um, but let's. Yeah. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. OK. Oh, so um, like I was saying, right, it's it was pretty easy for me to get on board with the concepts of, yes, I am on board for investing our money in real estate. But then picking our first property, our first real estate investment, that's what took a little bit slower um, 
to really get into action, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as great it is, it as great as it is for me to be a numbers person, that can also hinder me because I look at every angle. You know, well, what else is out there? How does that compare? And we had saved up, you know, our nest egg and, um, you know, putting in a down payment for a property. Our our first investment that we did um, that was non-VA loan, um, we bought... Condo, yeah. Yeah, we bought a condo with a seller financing note, mm-hmm. but we still had to put a down payment on it. 35%. And... That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so for me, that was a, a hard pill to swallow, knowing that I had this chunk of change in my bank account, and the very next day it was going to be gone. And it took a while for me to shift that mindset because I still felt that kind of hole in my gut, that heavy weight of like just hard pill to swallow like oh i have no emergency funds i have like i have no money <laughs> um and just changing that that mind sh- mind shift to it's not that i don't have any money anymore i just have moved it into a different vehicle instead of a 0.1% interest in a bank account it is now sitting in a property where yeah i can't pull it out the very next day but if we sell or if we refinance i can still have access to that money it hasn't just disappeared i didn't just throw it in the river or burn it it's still there and it's building more interest than it would be in my bank account yeah exactly Guys, I'm telling you, that first investment was rough. But it wasn't even just rough for her, too, though. It really was rough for me. I know that she can attest to the fact that I went back and forth on that investment multiple times. We uh, we were looking at it you know, in April. Um, we decided that we weren't going to do it in May because something happened. I forget, like there was some kind of you know, rupture in some pipe or whatever. And we were like, oh, maybe this is, oh no, that's what it was. So in, in one month later, we found out that we couldn't get a loan for it because, um, because I guess the condo association as a whole, right, was under 50% owner occupied. And I did a podcast on this before, uh, as far as warrantable versus non-warrantable loans. We can go back and check that out. But essentially, um, uh, Fannie Freddie, loan from the bank, right? Fannie, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, right? Those loans from the bank will not fund a condo if, you know, they, if the coal association is under 50% owner occupied, meaning that you, the person buying the home, you are not, if you're not living in it, they are not going to give you that loan for an investment because they want the condo association to be more than 50% owner occupied. I guess that's just, you know, how it was. And, you know, um, because of that, we didn't realize it at the time, but that opened up another door because the seller, though he wasn't really, you know, super motivated to sell, he saw us and that we were kind of at the time really trying to find different ways to make it work. And he was an investor and he saw that in us and he wanted to extend us the opportunity. Um, I saw it at initially at the time as saying, well, maybe this isn't the right investment because of X, Y, and Z. 
my realtor, you know, who is now one of my really good friends in this area, Alex Winfield, I totally recommend him to anyone in the Hampton Roads area. Um, he was he was telling me not to give up, you know, and it wasn't it honestly was not from the sale. It was from the from the perspective of saying, hey, Mike, listen, you know, like there really aren't that many great opportunities. And this is one. I mean, he is an investor. Um, he didn't really sell me on it. He just gave me the facts, kind of like what I w- should have done or I will have to do every time I try and buy something, which I am, right? But he gave me the facts and he's like, listen, Mike, I mean, the way this thing kind of came about, you know, this doesn't really rarely happen. You know, I think it might be worth considering. And so he just let me mull over it. And I mulled over it for a couple weeks. You know, I think it took some time. And then I decided, hey, you know, let's give it a try. If we were to make it work, right? I started thinking about Robert Kiyosaki and the rich mindset. And instead of saying, no, this is not going to work, I said to myself, if we did make this work, how would it work? And once I, once I committed to that mind, uh, sh- mindset shift, I, then I started to peel back that onion and I started to realize, hey, listen, actually, this might work out pretty well. And I started doing the numbers. I started doing the math. And then I showed Cheyenne. And then, you know, really, that's kind of what ended up you know, us continuing the path, but then it was it was longer than that because there was like a ruptured pipe later on that ended up delaying the closing. And then to me, again, guys, going back to your mindset being so important to me, everything was telling me, well, at least I, what I thought, right? Everything was showing me that, hey, this might not be a great investment, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these things are going wrong. You shouldn't do this. But I had to fight it because I told myself, this is our first investment. It does not have to be right. It doesn't have to be right, right? It can't be, you know, catastrophically wrong, okay? Don't get me, don't get me wrong there. But it didn't have to be a grand slam. It just had to be something to get our foot in the door, make a profit, even if it's just $1, right? We're positive, and we know that we can move it into something else. And really, it was kind of like some podcasts I read, um, some spiritual stuff that I was listening to, and um, and a book. I'm sorry. I think I said a podcast that I read. A podcast I listened to, right? <laughs> some books that I read. And yeah, some spiritual stuff that I was listening to all this time just kind of really was just pushing me. Like, Mike, take the leap. Take the leap. Take the leap. And I did. And well, yeah, I had to convince my wife, right? But, you know, we both did. and And it was great. You know, I mean, it worked out such that, you know, the guy that, you know, sold us that property, he's a mentor of ours today. You know, I constantly go to him every once in a while for, you know, things that I'm trying to think about. And I, I, I bring the situation to him and I say, hey, Joe, can you can you just you know run me through how uh, how you think this would work? Or I text him and I say, hey, can you explain this concept to me? Hey, I'm looking for insurance. You know, can you give me a recommendation on this? And it has been an amazing relationship. I've taken him out to lunch a couple times now, and I will continue to forever build this relationship because he's an amazing guy. And we would have never forged this relationship, you know, if not for that. The investment itself has been great. It's gone up in value, you know, in the area because this area is is nice and is growing. And I mean, our return has not been like, you know, phenomenal by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, if anything, I think we're, you know, Right now we're at the point where it's 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 pretty decent in return, but it's it was our first investment. It was great. It got us through the door and it allowed us to learn from the process. And from that process, now you know we have six properties, which is great. 
you know, and we've got six under contract right now, right? So, I mean, we have started to grow at such an exponential rate, really just from getting into the door on this first one. And, you know, I owe it all to the fact that, you know, my wife was willing to, you know, go with me on this journey. And while, you know, it might not have been as much of a struggle for her, um, I do remember, you know, trying to trying to do this first deal. And, you know, it, it started to become a little bit of, of a hurdle, but it was for both of us. And like I said, it was not, you know, um, a one man show. This was both of us trying to, you know, overcome the fear of losing, not necessarily losing, right? But putting the money, right? Like my wife said, like Cheyenne said, right? Putting that money from one account to the next and into an account that we can't just touch easily. We kind of have to go through some, you know, some selling or a banking system, right? Just to get to it and use it again. But we know that it's there. We know it's growing. We know that even if, right, even if the worst happens and tomorrow, you know, Hampton Roads were to get blown off the map, right, <laughs> which I highly doubt. But I'm just saying, right, we know that what the lessons we drew from that first investment is going to propel us to the future because it just completely got us into the door, and everything that we've learned from there, we've expounded on, we've done better, we've spoken about, we've had discussions about, and it's great, you know? It's just a learning lesson, guys, a learning lesson. And rather than spending $50,000 into some education program, right, I'd rather spend, you know, $50,000 into a property, right? That is my school of hard knocks and saying, hey, boom, this is what we're going to do. Let's make it happen because this is where we're going to be. When we hit our financial future goal, who yeah? I'd like to give one extra tip. Um, so if yeah. you guys are not on the same page right now, I would encourage you, whoever is the you know financial mindset person in the relationship, um, whoever's listening to this podcast, do not give up on bringing your spouse on board. Do not give up on financial freedom or your your dreams. Mike was alluding to this earlier in the podcast where, you know, it'd be late at night and he'd try to get me excited about some idea. He probably had to explain seller financing to me maybe five different <laughs> yeah, times where <laughs> I would have onesie, twosie questions and I would come and ask him. He would explain something to me. I would forget or get it confused with some other concept. Um, but like we said, our first deal was a seller financing deal. Um, so it just be patient. Um, and if you're the one reading the books and into this, um, you know, getting into the material, it's not as easy for somebody who's not reading it to pick up. Um, exactly. so if they're just hearing an explanation, they're not listening to these podcasts. They're not around the verbology as much as you. Um, sure. Yeah. Just uh, continue to have that teaching mindset and, and share and bring them on board because mm-hmm. real estate has changed our lives even in, in the last two years that we've uh, been doing this. And mm-hmm. it's exponential growth. Once you get that, that first property under your wing, you will see avenues of getting income that you never thought were possible. I was so scared before about the concept of getting investors and, um, 
just you know finding ways of funding right i grew up thinking that the only way you could ever get money is through a bank and through a mortgage and nope. there are so many creative ways that i never thought imaginable um and once you put yourself out there once you start talking to people um they just kind of pop out of the woodworks as these invisible doorways that yeah. you just weren't able to see before because you weren't looking exactly we have a great friendship that we've built with our uh some of our closest friends in the military but you know uh here in our area and uh, we absolutely love them if you guys are listening to this you know who we're talking about we love you guys (laughs) you know and it's been great i mean we both have like both of our families we have this this uh goal that we want to hit and we want to hit it together you know, because we're gonna, we are learning so much. You know, every day, you know, we had our first investment that we made out in Mississippi, and we're getting ready to make another. You know, and it's been, um, it's been a challenge. You know, between then and now, with you know certain deals that we've had, you know, fall through. Uh, when we were so excited about them, when we, you know, we were so ready to to make them happen, and you know, it happens, right? The ebbs and the flows, but you got to be ready for it, right? And I mean, we are. Right. I mean, we all are. Let's be honest. You know, we all come from a background and a community that, you know, thrives in the chaos. Right. That's why we are. We are the world's best military. That's why we are the world's best country. You know, we survive so much because we 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 take all the chaos that goes on around us. We come together. We make it work, make it happen. Right. I mean, we're the best military in the freaking world. What can we not handle? Real estate. You know, this stuff is easy, guys. It really is. You know, it just takes a little bit of, you know, some gung-ho, a lot of bit of education, and even more action, right? Because knowledge is power, but what? Action is authority, okay? I'm going to continue to say that probably on every single podcast from now, here on out, right? Knowledge is power, but action is authority. And once you have that authority under your belt, man, there's nothing stopping you, so... Oh yeah, I think that's a good start. Good time to end it, right? End it with that. Unless you got anything you want to say, babe. Um, since we're sharing quotes, uh, <laughs> yeah, I it. would like to end the podcast <laughs> with. Uh, I don't even know where this came from. A goal without action is only a dream. Therefore, to make your goals reality, you have to take action. So, uh, mm. <laughs> all right. The quote is... That's powerful. No. Yeah, so, anyway. Yeah. But that's not that. Yeah. It sounds like I expanded oh, okay. the quote. <laughs> all right, so. paraphrase. Hey, listen, right. whatever, dude. You know what? It, mm-hmm. uh, it's all good. Because right. that, that this still rings true, man. That's, that's good. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, all right. All right, guys, we're going to end it there. Anyway, it's 46 minutes. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate your time. Uh, you guys are awesome out there. And definitely make sure that, you know... You don't give up that fight. Cheyenne is absolutely right. Um, you know, getting your spouse on board is probably one of the best thing that you can do in this journey. Don't leave them in the dark. So, let's go. All right, guys. We're out of here. Goodbye, everybody. I look forward to continuing this journey to financial freedom with each and every one of you. All right.